0: Welcome everyone to what is episode 5 of the Connecting Construction podcast. I'm your host Evan Hill along with Matt Sprague, another familiar voice. Today we are without our third musketeer Dan Connery is a very desirable, highly requested man these days, so he will not he will be unable to join us today unfortunately, which is a bummer because we've got a really really interesting, fun guest that you are not going to want to miss today. But before we dive in, Couple quick, or it's not even a couple, it's just one quick housekeeping item. In case you missed episode four, we spoke to Benjamin Yates, uh, or Benjamin Crosby of Yates Construction two weeks ago. He's the director of BIM for them. Really intelligent dude. He and I actually grew up in the same area um, as children. Highly highly recommend you go back and listen to episode four. Uh, we discussed everything from the importance of technology adoption to data integration across project operations to how that changes and impacts project outcomes. So episode four, Benjamin Crosby, go check it out. If you haven't, we also just launched. So this is actually, so I lied. It's more than one housekeeping item. Uh, We just launched officially on Apple podcasts. So if you are living under a rock and you don't subscribe to Spotify, you can listen to it on Apple podcasts. So you have two options there. Ah, uh, whichever you want. All episodes are are uploaded asynchronously to each. So, with that said, I'm I'm gonna do much less talking than I am right now. I'm gonna introduce our guest Aviad Almagor. He is our senior director of emerging technologies at Trimble. He partners with a ton of really cool, interesting technologies, products, companies that I'm sure you have seen in the news. And I'm super excited to have him on t- on the show today. Aviad, I'm not going to introduce you any further than I already have, but please tell the audience, tell the tell the list, listeners about not just you professionally, but maybe a little bit about your personal life, how you came to be where you are now, and uh, some of the cool, exciting projects that you're working on.
1: Sure. Thank you, Evan. Thank you for having me. i happy to share some background about my career and uh, how I kind of uh, uh went through the the different uh, opportunities into the current uh, role as a, as a senior director for emerging technologies you know it was uh, many many years ago i was born in israel um and uh, like everyone else after the high school i i joined the army as, as a mandatory military service i spent few years in in the special forces and um it was actually was a great incubator for me you know learning about yourself um kind of literally need to find your way in, in an unfamiliar environment, uh, constantly changing conditions, things like agility and innovation and leadership uh, are, are built in. And it's actually it's like a business school in a way.
0: And then let so me jump I, in here real quick, actually, just because you mentioned Israel. Do you still live
1: in Israel? I know I live in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, okay. But I'm, uh, quite often. Um,
0: the I'm only there. reason I ask is I visited Israel in... Um, in august of 2014 i love to travel in israel Mm -hmm. i I specifically stayed in jerusalem but we traveled to uh you know tons of different outside areas like palestine bethlehem like tons of different areas but israel is this is just a side note tangent maybe one of the favorite my favorite countries i've ever visited it's absolutely underrated in terms of how beautiful it is the diversity of culture religion i if anybody is th- thinking about adding Israel to their travel list after this whole COVID-19 pandemic is over, I highly recommend it. But that that's where I'll end right there, and I'll let you continue. <laughs> oh, that's
1: great! Uh, and the food is fantastic, actually. Um, Middle Eastern food. Um, anyway, you know, after the army, I, I I did this kind of gap year, going to see the world. Went to Alaska, you know, looking for this abandoned bus, the one from the Into the Wild. Um didn't find it, returned back and uh, actually studied architecture in the Israeli Institute of Technology. So this is where I started my career as an architect. Uh, I practiced architecture for about 10 years um, and, and basically learned uh, uh, the hard way. And maybe I will ask you, what is the most important tool in the architect tool set? What, what do you think?
0: Matt, I'm going to have to ha- hand this one over to you, since you're the more experienced one here.
2: I, I, I was being distracted by my daughter to tell you the truth. So was the question?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you. It's 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 the eraser, actually. Oh, really? Um, and if you don't use it wisely while you're designing, you <laughs> will see the results in front of you for the rest of your life. So I love it. So- I love it. Certainly, something to, to uh, uh, make sure you're using wisely. And unfortunately, I didn't. And I, I, I do have a few monuments like this kind of uh, in front of me. Um, at least, it's, it's, it makes you humble, you know. Um, uh, you see your mistakes every day. Um, so, so that's kind of the, the initial, uh, s- the start of my career. And as a result, I, I kind of crossed the lines to the software industry. Um, around 1998, I believe, Um, and this was after I finished my MBA degree, Um, and I got actually an amazing opportunity to work with a very small startup company from Waltham, Massachusetts named Revit. Um, I guess you're familiar with the name. Uh, I was uh, working here in Israel with a local um, uh, distributor and uh, I was overseeing the the business development, the marketing and sales operations in the region, and it was an amazing experience to see the architectural market from the other side uh, of the industry, you know, um, back then and as we know, even till today, a lot of the work is, is done using 2D solutions. And Revit as an exciting, but very, very limited tool um, 20 years ago um, was certainly a refreshing approach. Um, you know, do it in 3D, communicate better, get a 2D as almost a, by, by, a byproduct. Um, so two, two and a half years later, Autodesk acquired Revit and I uh, moved to a company called Graphisoft, a European company. Um, Trimble is working with Graphisoft and uh, there's quite a lot of uh, um, good technology in in this side of the world. Um, And uh, after spending some time with the marketing team, I actually joined a small group, a visionary team, with a kind of goal to develop what we called back then a 5D integrated solution for construction. Um, This development turned into a startup company, Software. Um, and it, it was actually a beginning of uh, an amazing um, journey for me. Very intensive five years. Uh, I was a director of product design, and it was an opportunity to work with you know innovative customers from around the world. Uh, companies like WebCore, Hensel Phelps, DPR. Um, truly fantastic experience learning about the pains of the industry. And you guys are familiar with those pains. You know, thinking in 2D, disconnected workflows. Uh, transparency issues, trust issues between the trade, um, and Vico's vision was to really bring everything together and to kind of enable those um, separated teams to, to collaborate in a more effective way. Um, a big push for this vision was in 2012 when Trimble acquired us. Um, and um, after joining the company, I kind of uh, started to do some project, But I will do maybe a stop here and will. If you have any any questions or, or comments um, on this career path before the Trimble uh, experience,
2: Matt, were no. you going to jump in there? No, 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 okay. no, no questions thus far. Um, I'm, <laughs> enjoy, I'm, jo- I'm enjoying the journey right now. <laughs>
1: Okay, so I I I I need to be frank here. So when I joined Trimble, I was saying to myself, um, you know, it's a big company, large organization. Maybe six months, and I'm I'm out of here. And I, as you can see, it's already ten years almost, and I'm still here. (laughs) And, and for a reason, I, I did personally find Trimble as a unique environment, very uh, multicultural, you know, international, diversified from the portfolio point of view, from the people point of view, mix of hardware and software, different domains, um, innovative spirit, really a fantastic uh, environment for me to work in and um, I really enjoy every day of my kind of uh, stay with the company. Uh, My first project, actually, after I joined, was uh, a product called Trimble Hub, what is known today as Trimble Connect. Um, And it was a a collaborative effort. It was, as I see it, less a technology challenge, more uh, a cultural challenge. How to bring everyone together, not just externally with the customer, but also internally, Uh, the architectural division, structure division, NEP division, the owner group, and others. Uh, creating one common, you know, single or unified source of truth. And this was certainly uh, a fantastic experience, and the Tremor Connect is now uh, part of our commercial offering, and I think it provides our customers with exactly with this vision of having a common place for the construction teams to work and and collaborate and make sure that uh, all the work is synchronized. So uh, this was kind of the the first project, and uh, while this was turning into a commercial offering, I was looking for a new exciting things to do. And uh, my current position, as you mentioned, is is dealing with emerging technologies, which means everything that um, is exciting, every toy around. <laughs> um, so on, on the kind of on the more formal side, we are looking for. Um, potential disruptive technology, which might impact our markets and our customers. uh, But they're too early to be consumed uh, on the business side. So we build a vision around the technology and we kind of, uh, uh, we're working with the business units, of course, they have the knowledge, but also with their end customers in order to clarify and verify that what we are doing is the right thing, uh, get the feedback from the market, identify the gaps, and basically developing the uh, technology to a state where it would be mature enough to be consumed uh, as part of our portfolio, as part of our commercial offering. That's the idea uh, around this group. And the first project we started with was mixed reality. Um, you know, we, we were, when we saw for the, for the first time um, the kind of potential of the technology at a very early phase, It it was kind of sitting well and very well synchronized with the Trimble vision of uh, bringing together the digital and the physical world as a means for improving efficiency and productivity. You know, think about a total station, a very basic Trimble tool. It is connecting the digital world with the physical one by, you know, bringing a digital point into the real space mixed reality is essentially doing the same thing, but instead of a, a single point, it brings a, a more, much richer visual, a 3D model uh, projected and aligned with the real world in a less accurate way compared to total station, not a millimeter accuracy, but certainly a valuable tool for communication, collaboration, um, and kind of uh, uh, this type of workflows.
2: I mean, so got- yeah. Sure, go ahead. Uh, so so you're, you're mentioning kind of your, your first project um, w- within emerging technologies was mixed reality. So what when was that? I'm trying to get an idea of like a, 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 a timeline from an emerging technology to become yeah. a, a used and Im- uh, implicated technology.
1: Yeah, so this was five years ago when we actually started set up the team and uh, um, started the development process um, about a year later, we had uh, a prototype to use. Two years later, we already moved into uh, the market, uh, having customers engage in pilots and proof of concept. Wow. And three years afterward, we had uh, already the commercial solutions. Today, we have hardware and software solutions, uh, uh, kind of uh, for mixed reality. Um, Trimble is the only company in the market to have a, a customized Microsoft Hololens two device, which is tuned for the construction industry, Trimble XR10. Uh, we have the Trimble Site Vision, which is an augmented reality device, a hybrid solution which brings together our GPS technology, GNSS technology, for very really accurate positioning, together with Android AR Core, which brings a local alignment. And together, we can really present an augmented physical environment by bringing the digital content. So that's on the hardware side. On the software side, we have solutions like SketchUp viewers to visualize and communicate around design solutions. We have Trimble Connect for HoloLens, which is more um, kind of uh, focusing on the construction process and supporting our customers during production control, priority control, and in the future, hopefully actual assembly processes as part of their workflow.
0: So Aviad, I wanna, I wanna jump in here and ask you about a specific project that you are partnering on. And I'll, and I'll start this conversation by saying, uh, before I even joined Trimble, I was aware of this project. And the way I became aware of this project was I was scrolling on twitter.com one day. And all of a sudden, a video pops up of a very capable robot doing very capable human-like things that literally scared the crap out of me, for lack of better words. That is uh, Boston Dynamics, that that whole group. Um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about our partnership with them, how that came to be, and the type of work you're doing with them? And I know, obviously, some stuff might be confidential information here, but can you can you talk about
1: that partnership in terms of what you may be able to speak about? Sure, certainly. Yeah, so, so uh, in a similar way, we kind of uh, approach mixed reality um, also for robotics, uh, we were looking for um, a partner to work with. And the, the overarching vision here is not necessarily the robot itself, it's, uh, um, it is about automated workflows. What we believe is, uh, is that in order to, or the next uh, wave of uh, transformation for the construction industry will come from automated workflows. And we're in a very good point in time Uh, where there is a good synergy between different technologies like robotics, computer vision, AI, um, uh, and um, uh, edge computing, which really enable these kind of automated workflows. So when we were starting to look at the market, we were trying to figure out what is required uh, for an automated workflow in a construction site. And you know, Trimble is, is dealing with um, autonomous vehicles for many years, uh, steering control, uh, GNSS technology, we can drive you know heavy machinery in the mining and in agriculture. without a driver actually, the, we just have a driver because of the regulations. But it is a different uh, environment to deal with when, you, when you're talking about construction size, specifically vertical construction. How do you cope with a changing environment? How do you cope with a uh, challenging terrain? Um, so quite quickly, we reached to the point where we understood what we need is this kind of new breed of robot, the uh, bio-inspired type of robots. And um, Boston Dynamics were the natural fit here because there are, at least today, they are the most advanced uh, four-legged bio-inspired robots around, uh, like a commercial version of it. Um, so, we started to explore together with the uh, Boston Dynamics team what are the possibilities, what is required. Okay, this robot can cope with the um, uh, terrain type of, of, of a construction site and claim stairs and stuff like this. But what's next? What will be required for our customers to use a technology like this? And, and what we realized, speaking with customers and exploring the potential, is that it is not enough to have a a robotic platform. And it is not enough to have a robotic platform and on top of it, some kind of payload. What the customers would like to get is an integrated solution and an automated workflow. And this is where the synergy between Boston Dynamics and Trimble uh, can can bring the value. So to clarify what it means, our customers would like to use this integrated solution as one product. They would like to see it and control it with one tool. Um, I don't want to use one tablet for the robot and one tablet for the payload and one software here and one software there. I want to really benefit from an integrated solution. Our vision, if if I can dream for a second, I would like to see a robot-like spot waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning in a construction site, going out of his doghouse, doing a round in the building scan, document things, and before his human uh, partners are on site, he's already back in his uh, uh, doghouse, connected to the docking, uh, kind of the charging station, and uh, upload the data to the cloud so the team at the office can actually understand what's going on. That's the vision, that's what we'd like to get.
0: I'll tell you right now, that dog sounds a lot more well-behaved than my dogs. So (laughs) if you can reprogram actual dogs to do that, Count me as a as a beta user.
2: So, oh, Aviad, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. so um, correct me if I'm wrong that the technology that is already within Spot, the Boston Dynamic Dog, um, is that it could actually do all of its work with its human counterparts on the site too, right? Because it, it's smart enough to know, uh, to, to be able to go around uh, obstacles um, and, and even moving targets—that type of thing. So it's it's uh, it's something that that can be continuous if needed ra- outside of battery life.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so certainly the robot is quite capable uh, as part of the solution with the robotic platform. Doesn't matter what the payload is. Uh, the robot can uh, walk on site, uh, avoid obstacles, bypass uh, materials, you know, you know uh, or any, 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 um, any um, pile of things on site and cope with the environment. The challenge is about how to teach the robot uh, to um, understand the complexity of a constantly changing environment. And this is something we are looking at now. This is something we are exploring now in order to provide the robot real and full independence. So we can really be autonomous. Because today, and I'll give you an example how we can operate with the robot today. You can either control it, you know, and and, and decide where it will go using um, a tablet and, and just guide it to the right location, looking through the robot's eyes. You can do it either uh, on site or even remotely. Um, actually, today we are exploring, one of my, my developers is sitting in New Zealand, controlling the robot in Colorado, and basically taking the robot to a tour in the building without uh, you know any other assistance. It's simply a remote controlling the, the, the um, robot. But what we would like to do in the future, I don't want to tell the robot where to go. I want to Uh, assign the robot a task. For example, scan this floor. I don't care how you're going to do it. I don't care what the path that you will define to yourself. And I I know that the robot uh, will be able to identify the optimized path Just want to get the results. And that's the future. And this is where we want to push the technology. So if today we define a path and the robot can autonomously follow this path, in the future, we would like to skip this, this step and actually, let the robot decide where and how to do the task. Okay. Faster. Awesome. Now, so, talking about robots, you know, it's it's. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of focusing here on this four leg robot, which is really exciting and, and capable, and and we are kind of. Uh, uh, we do believe that this will be the first um, kind of uh, implementation in the in the market. Uh, But the vision is bigger, and in the near future, we believe that we will see different types of robots working side by side with humans. And when I'm talking about different types of robots, it can be a bulldozer, it can be a crane, it can be a drone, a four-legged robot, a wheeled robot. Uh, They will all be synchronizing uh, the work together and, uh, of course, communicating with the humans around to make sure that the work is being done um, with the right priority. Aviad, I don't know if you can speak to this on a detail
0: or, or a granular basis, but what are your expectations um, moving forward in like the next one, two, five, ten 10 years? What does that technology uh, robot use look like? Is this something we can expect in the in the short term, like in the next two years, several years, or is this like a decade out? Like what what's the sort of adoption look like here?
1: Yeah. So I do believe that we'll start to see robots on site quite um, early, um, and the idea here is to start with what we can already achieve, and then you know add more and more functionality along the way. And when I, as I mentioned earlier, it's not just about the robot; it's about uh, um, a set of technology which help us support this vision and increase the level of complexity of the task. So. Uh, technologies like BIM to generate the 3D model and to feed the robot with a full environment so it will understand the, the environment even if the environment is changing. Uh, feeding the robot with 4D models so he understand what's supposed to be today on site. IoT technology which can deliver a kind of uh, uh, real-time information from sensors uh, which will help the robot in, in navigation. 5G which will improve our communication with the robot and our ability to control the robot in real-time on-site. Computer vision and AI, so all this together uh, brings us to a point that we believe um, that that this robotic platform will be able to do more and more complex tasks in the next few years. So if we start now with um, production control, quality control type of tasks, um, next, we will probably see some robots doing actual work on-site. Uh, we are in contact with an Israeli company uh, dealing with robots uh, doing plaster work, for example. And when you look at this robot uh, doing the work, uh, the, the, the productivity gain is, is quite significant, and the quality of work is amazing, because this robot first scanned the space, understand the accurate uh, leveling and flatness of the surfaces, and start to apply paint or plaster in order to get to the right um, kind of uh, flatness, to the required um, kind of um, uh, flatness. And and this is amazing to see, and we will see more and more like this. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to look at um, um, videos uh, from Boston Dynamics concerning the robotic arm. This robotic arm, once available, uh, can start help with actual production. Uh, maybe starting with carrying equipment and materials for the uh, humans um, kind of on site, uh, and later on actually performing work. So we will see more and more complex tasks being accomplished by robots in the future.
0: Now, so, I, sorry, go right. ahead.
1: Man. All right. Uh, so it's interesting that, that you talk
2: about actual tasks being done. And and I think the the, the benefits of, of of a robot um, to for production purposes are are fairly obvious, right? A robot's not going to get tired. Uh, a robot's going to have uh, some some precision and whatnot. But then there are some some uh, 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 some tasks that are you know more art oriented. So in terms of a really skilled tra- uh, tradesman and whatnot. Um, but what and what I liked the what I what I love that I've seen um, recently is the idea of taking the idea of robotics to a human so in terms of like exoskeletons Mm -hmm. to bring on the benefits of of not getting tired as easy and 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 things along those lines to kind of increase production so i'd love to hear just in terms of your thoughts in terms of uh exoskeletons i don't know if trimble is is going down that road at all Um, But I would love to kind of hear that that in terms of how it relates to to, to robotics and increased
1: productivity. Yeah, I I do see this as an additional direction. Uh, Trimble is not involved in this at the moment, uh, but this is certainly an interesting uh, technology and I think can help improve the quality of life of of workers on site. Um, And it's kind of there is a synergy between the two because robots can certainly play a supportive role. Um, and and help humans uh, um, in their processes. And and I think they can focus on more um, dull, dirty, dangerous tasks and leave the more creative, as you suggested, the more kind of artistic type of work uh, to the um, humans.
0: So that whole Boston Dynamics discussion is super interesting to me, but I want to move away from it for a little bit. What... Outside of those specific robot technologies that you mentioned, Aviad, I get the sense that you have a very close pulse on everything cutting edge technology on the construction, you know, site, job site. Yeah. What other and maybe it's a robot outside of Boston Dynamics, but what other technologies, automation, you know, maybe software, what what types of other products have your eye? And it can be outside of Trimble. It obviously doesn't have to be at Trimble. What other sorts of technologies yeah. have caught your eye in terms of development?
1: Yeah, there the are two additional technologies which we're actually exploring now. Uh, the first one is quite exciting, very early phase. It's a uh, brain computer interface. And when we talk about brain computer interface, you know, everything is, is connected there. Uh, uh, the idea of exploring this um, domain came from the work we did on mixed reality where we see the, the, the market um, is going, and not just the construction market, it is related to almost any aspect of our life. Mixed reality is going to be part of everyday life. We already see it. I mean, um, you will have, uh, you know, screens around you, you will have digital and physical assets around you, and you will use them as, as you treat physical objects. Why should I have, you know, uh, a physical screen if I can have monitors which represent the data? In the future, why, do I have bill, why why should I have a billboard outside if I can use mixed reality? You know, 10, 15 years from now, we might have a, a contact lens which is connected to the cloud uh, and uh, basically uh, presenting uh, mixed reality data for us and tune the environment to our uh, preferences. So with this kind of hybrid environment, we need to start to look for totally new way to interact with the data. With physical and digital objects, our our current uh, kind of uh, uh, interfaces are not tuned to this special environment. Think about the keyboard, about the mouse, and even a gamepad that are not designed to work in this special environment. So we were looking for a tool which you carry with you all the time, and uh, this tool is uh, in our head and it's, it's our brain. So, so um, yeah. can I jump in here real quick? This reminds me of. Um
0: Elon uh, Musk's company, Neuralink. I I assume, have you heard of Neuralink?
1: Sure, yes. Yes.
0: How does that, how is that different than that? Or is that the same sort of like technology direction? I I was just reminded of of his project with them. It's it's,
1: it's a kind of same technology direction, different approach. With Neuralink, you're talking about intrusive processes. You actually implant um, kind of the the, uh, sensors uh, yeah. inside the brain to get better connectivity, to get less noise. Um, this is not something we expect to have uh, with our customers uh, in the near future. By the way, at some point in time, I think people will start considering implementing you know, this as, as, for example, a memory extension. It um, <laughs> can be quite, quite interesting. Um, uh, so, Or maybe to increase uh, their brain power. Um, you know, it's it's, uh, it's certainly an interesting topic. But what we are trying to do now is to use biofeedback uh, from external resources. So it can be um, electrodes uh, over your head, uh, dry electrodes, which does not require any uh, preparation. Uh, and this can help you monitor fatigue, for example, with drivers. Um, it can be... Um, uh, tools which will basically allow you to get the uh, uh, nerve system activity the electrical signals coming from the nerve system in order to uh, monitor um, assets for example already today in the lab uh, we are using a system like this to control spot the robot everything is connected as I mentioned we can ask the robot to stand up sit down move backward forward, move around, it's, it's kind of uh, moving circles, it's, everything is already connected and we can control the robot with our brains today. And this is quite interesting to see the level of immersiveness you get when you're doing it, much more natural interaction compared to any other external tool to control. Uh, actually, I did my master's degree at, in Cambridge University on brain computer interface. Um, And the work we did there, which is more uh, kind of an academic research, was a a way to identify customer preferences regarding design alternatives. Remember, I'm an architect, at least by profession, so I was thinking to myself, what if I can present different design alternatives to a customer? And basically, just by looking at his brain patterns, understand which design is preferred and which design is least preferred. And even more than this, I can identify, if I connect this to eye tracking, what specifically triggers the reaction. And this can be very helpful to start discussion. Hey, I, I saw something happen when you were looking at this window. or when you were looking at this staircase, what, what, what happened here? What can you explain to me? Because in many cases, you know, when I am as an architect, and, and I remember, remember this from my uh, 10 years of practice, when you present a design, the response you get in many cases are not very valuable. People can say, mm, yeah, I like it, or I don't like it, but okay, but what exactly? And this is something that is very difficult for some people to say. So if I can point and say, something happened here, can you explain, this, this would be interesting. And, and we did the research, actually, um, with with triple people uh, wearing those uh, um, EEG devices, reading their brain. And we could identify, based on a set of brain waves which design was preferred and which design was kind of the, the least less preferred for them. So it's like real world heat mapping. Exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 <laughs> So that that's interesting, yeah. Because so that that type of well, I it, that's type that type of marketing and understanding. Uh, the, the 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 heat mapping. So any any of the listeners out there that 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 aren't necessarily tuned in uh, in terms of heat mapping for a website is that you can essentially get an idea of where what people are uh, what part of your website people are most attracted to and and be able to hone, hone in on that. So it's basically being able to now bring that type of, of, of insight into the real
1: world. Uh, so you exactly. can have that. That's very exactly. interesting. Exactly. And here, what you're, you're doing, you're expanding this to different biofeedbacks. It can be eye tracking. It can be your galvanic skin response. It can be your brain activity. And as you mentioned, marketing is a fantastic uh, kind of uh, venue for this, because you can identify a customer's behavior in a store, for example. Gaming, you can see when the gamer is actually a bit uh, bored already because he's, he's good with, with the challenge, and you can automatically accelerate the pace of the game or increase the number of uh, um, activities that you need to be involved in. So, certainly a huge potential there um, to kind of uh, explore. Does that mean Trimble's going to get into gaming? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I do hope so. I think there is a huge potential. The simulation, for example, for you know heavy machinery is, is an interesting direction to take. And, and you know, gamification of the industry is already happening now. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's part of the process. It's true. So, so even you were asking about other technologies. So, brain-computer interfaces, one, uh, quantum computing, again, a very early phase. Something we're exploring now with Microsoft. The potential here is huge for. Um, at least at this stage for um, optimization processes getting insights in real time when you have a, a huge set of uh, factors to consider which are interrelated and you need to uh, get real time uh, insight about what to do what what to kind of uh, what action you need to take this is where quantum can uh, certainly help again very early phase no commercial implement- implication yet but we do believe that this technology can be uh, a transformative uh, technology for the industries we are serving
0: do you have any other questions for Aviad?
2: Oh, well, i've got plenty but maybe for another day <laughs> 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 we, only, well, we only have so much time
0: <laughs> i am I don't want to be disrespectful to our previous guests, but this is probably my favorite conversation we've had so far on the podcast, just because I absolutely love technology and, you know, the cutting edge of innovation. This is so interesting to me, even outside of the construction realm, this whole like Neuralink stuff, uh, the robot automation. Um, it's scary, but really exciting. And, and Aviat, I'm glad we have you on the front line sort of pioneering the, the innovation on that front. So... With that said, um, Aviad, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Connecting Construction Show, episode number five. Aviad, um, if you're comfortable, do you mind sharing where people can reach you if they want to pick your brain a little bit more? Are you, are you on LinkedIn? Are you comfortable sharing your email address? Like, where can people find you?
1: Certainly. LinkedIn is the best way to uh, reach me. Um, and uh, my email is aviat underscore almagor at trimmel.com. Happy to uh, answer and respond uh, to any question they might have. Great. Well, Aviat, thank you so much
0: again for coming on the show. Episode five of the Connecting Construction podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in and uh, we'll see you guys next time.